Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,334. Best today and so better tomorrow. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest calling in from Akron, Ohio, Kara Adams. Hey, Kara, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Safety first and ready to go. All right. Kara Adams is the chief engineer and manager of race tire engineering at Bridgestone, America's tire operations. She has over a decade of race tire engineering and development experience. Today, she's responsible for overseeing all design, development, and trackside support for Firestone race tires used in the NTT IndyCar Racing Series. Kara also serves on the board of several community organizations, a secretary for the Akron section of the America Society of Mechanical Engineers, a board member of Akron Council of Engineering and Scientific Services, and with Akron Public Schools Project Lead the Way, a pre-engineering program for high school students. She has earned multiple awards and was recently selected to be in the inaugural Akron Urban League's Academy of Leaders. As if that's not making her busy enough, Kara is also competes in triathlons and marathons. And a shout out to past Cars Yeah guest Katie Hargett for introducing us. Thank you, Katie. So Kara, I have told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment before I jump into the questions and share a little bit more about your career and your passion for automobiles, racing, and tires? Well, first of all, thank you, Mark, for having me on your wonderful podcast. I have had some really impressive people on in the past, and I'm You're really welcome. excited to be here and just talk about a little bit about, about my passion for motorsports and for racing. So I started out as not very much of a car person. I didn't really know which way to turn the screwdriver, and they were pluses and minuses <laughs> to me. But that all changed when I was in college, and I started working on the Formula SAE car. It's a collegiate design competition where you're designing and building an open-wheeled car, and you actually get to drive in it and race it, too. So I learned a lot. That's where I learned how to tell my pluses from my, my minuses and to use machine tools, mills, lathes, all that good stuff, too. Yeah, this is very cool. I love the way this whole thing started. Finding a passion, and of course, college is a great place to discover that passion. A lot of people go all the way through college and still can't figure out what they want to do, but you dove right in, in a really cool way, getting to build and race a car. So I love this. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or a mantra. This is a saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires smoking here on cars. Yeah, I know you're not supposed to smoke tires, but We'll do it since we're going fast here today. So, Kara, take the wheel. All right. That's right. Well, I thought about a mantra, and I think I came into this a little bit later in my career, but it's a Harvey Firestone quote, which is pretty apt. Um, Best today and still better tomorrow. So I really like that quote because it talks about, even if you have something that's amazing today, whether it's your car, whether it's you, you yourself, or whether it's the product that you're building and designing, you want to make sure that that product is the best it can be. And there's always room for improvement. So there's always room to make it even better. So that's that's one of the mantras that I live by. You know, I like that saying. And in the world of mechanics and especially in tires, you think of all the work that goes into producing a new tire, all the technology, everything that's involved. 
And then the minute it hits the road, you're thinking, what's next? How can we improve that? How we can make that better, right? Yeah, absolutely. And if you think about the world in racing, you can engineer the fastest car and it's the fastest car for that race weekend, but somebody else is going to be working hard and somebody else is going to be getting faster. So you have to keep improving. It's amazing to me with racing when you think about cars, at the end of the season, the cars are basically obsolete and that's the end of it. It's like all that work for one year and 10 races or however many it might be, it just seems like an enormous amount of effort and work, but uh, that's racing as they say. Well, Let's go back in time a little bit. Now, you said you weren't really a car girl back in time, but is there a moment that you can remember a pivotal life when you decided, you know what, maybe I am a car gal? So I think there are two really two really big moments for me. So the first one was really when I wandered down into that Formula SAE shop and I started working on that car, trying to understand what it was. Um, I had two moments there. One was when I actually got into the car for the first time engineers that were working on it were um, very small guys. So fitting girl hips into a car that is made for <laughs> college sized boys um, didn't yeah. work so well, but we ended up working on that. So that was, that was one moment. And the second moment was when we won tickets on the radio to go see the Cleveland Grand Prix at the Burke Lakefront airport, probably back in 99 or so. And I got to sit there and watch the cars, champ car at the time, watch them go around the top track and just watch the kinematics and compliance, watch the cars move. And I was just yeah. mesmerized by that. And I thought, oh, if there's a way I can do this and get paid in a career to do this, it'd be fantastic. Yeah, you figured out the secret sauce for sure. You know, I spent uh, three days at the Ferrari factory and a past friend of mine had purchased a uh, ex-Michael Schumacher Formula One car, Ferrari Formula One car. Ooh. And... You know, the race car drivers, as you know, they're pretty small guys. Mm -hmm. Michael Schumacher's a little on the taller side, but still not a big guy. And the guy I was with was a little bigger. And they spent all day trying to make it fit in that car (laughs) so that it would work because it was made for, you know, another guy. So, um, yeah, very, very difficult. I know every time I've met race car drivers, especially F1 drivers, I'm not a tall guy and they're actually smaller than me. And it's like, wow, that's, uh, that's pretty darn cool. But, uh, I think I'm so happy that you found this passion of yours and it bit you. First time I got in a race car and drove it, I went, okay, I got to do this. I drove vintage race cars. So it wasn't really real, uh, like professional <laughs> level, but, uh, it's still pretty fun. Yeah. To get out there and play race car driver. Absolutely. And when it comes to tires, I mean, they're so important. And we're going to talk about those in a minute. We get to the next or a couple of questions down the line. But first, I want to ask you about a big challenge or a big failure that you face along the way. I mean, first and foremost, you're a woman working in a predominantly male industry. I know this because my wife's an engineer and she's dealt with this during her career and time. But also racing. I mean, you're, you've got a double whammy here. You're, you're, creating tires for an industry and a sport that is just fraught with ups and downs. You're a winner one weekend, you're a loser the next. So walk us through one of those challenging times that you face and then tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum as you move forward in your career and your business. The lessons learned. So I think there's a few challenges I've faced both in my life and my career, even during even to do with cars. I think personally, the very first time I tried to rebuild an engine from a Mustang, I had no experience. I had bought a couple of books, How to Rebuild Your Small Block Board, and a couple of other books like that, and, and I, I read and I tried to learn. And of course, 
there's the 302 Ford has been around forever. So when you're when you're looking at a book, it depends on when the book was published to whether or not it pertains to your engine or not. So there are a few mistakes that I made when I was building that. For example, one was using a two-piece rear main seal when my block clearly had a single-piece rear main seal. Uh-oh. <laughs> the other one that I didn't realize is when I went to put the head studs in, they were not blind holes as the books that I was reading suggested. They were actually through holes. So when I went to put everything together, instead of using anti-seize, I should have used RTV. So the first time I started up the car, you can imagine the fun that happened after that. <laughs> so yeah. there's there's a few things from that that I didn't go well the first time, but then you learn, you know, you need to talk to the experts. You know, you can't just learn everything in a book. Um, there's there's things from IndyCar where I've been talking to people and ask them about what their camber settings are, and they emphatically say it's one number. The sheet says one number. It's this this is what it is. And you look at it and you just step away from the book, and you say no, that the tire is not tilted as much as you you're saying it's tilted. Just look at it. Just physically look at that tire. So I think one big thing that I learned is just you can't trust everything you read. You can't trust everything that's on paper. You have to actually sometimes get your hands dirty, go out, look at the thing and do it. Yeah. Yeah. Doing it. I mean, that's the key. Um, having turned wrenches on my race cars and street cars. I mean, I remember back in high school working on my Carmen Ghia and I, I had a date one night and I was doing a brake job in the driveway and you know, I kept looking at the clock going, Oh, I got to pick this lady up and gallop in an hour. And I still haven't bled the brakes. And then rushing through it and looking at my uh, manual for BW's Complete Idiots book, which I still have a copy of that, and then backing out of the driveway and the car just kept backing up and brakes didn't work. Oh, I no. didn't tighten one of the bleeder valves. So it was just spewing brake. Yeah. It, you know, you just, yeah, learn. learn. I wish I'd had somebody with me to help me just, hey, remember to do this, do that, you know, do this. And yeah, I didn't make it to that date on time, needless <laughs> to say. So uh, I did get there, although I don't think that young lady's father would have liked knowing <laughs> she was getting in that car that night. But uh, we survived. We survived. We were doing okay. Well, I'm glad uh, you worked through that. Very impressive. I mean, building an engine for the first time by yourself. Uh, some people think that's an easy task, but there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of things that can go wrong, right? There certainly are. I learned that the hard way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, but you'll never forget. So that's a good way to learn. I would love to go back in time and talk about if there's a really special vehicle, first vehicle in your life, and maybe share a memory you have about that ride. So it's actually, this is not one of my vehicles. It was actually my, my father's car. He had a, a Volkswagen Beetle, um, one of the really early ones. And all I remember from that car was it was always, he always had to rebuild the carburetor. That's what I thought working <laughs> on cars was, was going out and rebuilding the carburetor. There were a yeah. lot of profanity and a lot of swear words involved. And that's, that's all <laughs> cars were, was rebuilding carburetors. That's what you did. But I do remember right before it went to its final resting place, I actually got to get in and I actually steer the vehicle down the driveway as my parents pushed it. And it's it's yeah. interesting that that was my first my first experience with that car, but that was that was that was a neat one to actually be behind the wheel even though it had no motor and I was way too young to drive it. But that was that yeah. was a fun one for me. Well Beatles, they bring a smile to your face and carburetors, yeah, that Carmen Gia I mentioned earlier, I rebuilt that motor with a friend. He knew what he was doing, so he did most of the work. I kind of watched, but we ended up putting dual Delardo carbs on that thing. Ooh. And I just remember, yeah, always having to go out and tune those, take them off, fix them. It was just never ending. I mean, fuel injection is a godsend (laughs) and how that works and that it's so efficient and everything. But uh, yeah, carburetors, I I just never quite got it down, figured out right. There was always some little thing, a jet or something that wasn't quite right. It's a little bit of math and a little bit of black magic. I think so, yeah. And then you think about a car... uh, 
had a friend that had a Jaguar V12 and that line of carbs down the top of that Ooh. that engine. It was like, how do you sync all those things up? Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah, just crazy. Well, is there a vehicle you've owned in your life you let go that you have a little bit of seller's remorse about? I am emotional, emotionally attached to every car I own, especially if you've worked on it. It's really hard to, to part with those cars. And I've kept the Mustang I still have. I had a B5 S4 that I really liked, um, but after... Um, changing the first turbo myself and then giving up and having somebody else change the second turbo. I just decided, nope, that's not. It was a 2.7 twin turbo engine. It was fun. It was a fun car to drive, but I got just I got to the point where I didn't want to fix it anymore. I didn't want to look at it anymore. So I missed that one from time to time because I could take that one to Nelson Ledges or Mid-Ohio and race it and just beat on it. Um, but I, I missed that one a little bit. But Mustang, I think if I, there's no way I could ever sell that. I've just put too much blood, sweat, and tears into that. Literally yeah. all of those. Mustangs are such great cars. I had a 66. It was oh. a clone, actually, of a, of a GT350 Shelby Mustang. Very nicely done car that I bought from a friend. I drove that as a daily car for two years. And I tell you, the Mustang is like the VW Beetle. Everybody loves the Mustang. Yes. Yeah. And I couldn't get gas in that car without it being a 30-minute conversation with somebody. <laughs> yeah. Grandmas, little kids, dads, truck drivers, bikers. Everybody has a Mustang in their history, in their life. They're just wonderful cars. And I love the new ones these days. Oh, yeah. They just look so cool. I mean, they've done a marvelous job of capturing the essence of that original car and just carrying it through uh, to these new modern cars. And they're really fun to drive, too. Fast. Very fun. Well, I would love for you to talk a lot more about what you're doing today, Bridgestone, America's Tire Operations, racing, tire innovation. You know, kind of walk us through what your job is like, what you do. You mentioned in our pre-show chat, you spent like the last dozen weekends away at racetracks. I mean, you're you're out there doing this thing, but, uh, and also, you know, a lot more about how important tires are, because I think a lot of people ignore their tires. Um, I remember uh, one of my mechanics once saying, you know, Mark, you're the only guy that brings a car in here that the tire pressures are always accurate. <laughs> and uh, most people, they come in, they're 10, 15, 20 pounds under all the time. Oh, people never do that. But let's start with what you're doing with racing, tire innovation at Bridgestone there. I think it's fantastic. So sure. my I lead a team of engineers and chemists and compounders and technicians that design the, all of the tires that are used in the NTT IndyCar series. So our team not only is the one that are, that's doing the design, that's doing computer modeling, simulation, learning everything that we can and making the tires the best we can, working with production all the way through the process, but we're actually out there at the racetrack. So we go to every IndyCar series race and we are in the pits there. I mean, we're wearing fire suits during race day and during practice and qualifying, we're actually over the pit wall, taking temperatures of the tires, looking at the pressures. Just like in your car, tire pressures are very important on an Indy car. And on our cars, if we run tire pressure that's too low, you can end up having either a tire issue or you can end up paying a lot more at the fuel pump. And I know as expensive as fuel is these days, the better that you can match your tire pressure to what it's on your fuel door or on the, the door or wherever the placard is, make sure your tire pressure is matching. It's really important for how much you're going to pay at the fuel pump. But for us, Indy cars are very sensitive. They run in a, a specific tire pressure range. Too little, then you might have either not have the, the support you need out of the car. You could have durability. And then too high, you're going to be outside the performance window of the tire and you're not going to have enough grip. So it's always a trade-off. And we're always designing and making our tires better for the particular Indy cars. So you're talking about uh, one of the things that we're 
fun challenges that we're facing. Um, recently, IndyCars talked about the aero screen, the new aero screen that they're going to be putting on the car next year. So that's going to add a significant amount of weight. It's going to change the center of gravity of the car, which is going to change the demands on the tires, especially that right front tire. So our team is doing a lot of work trying to make sure we can make sure our tire is appropriate for this new change or redesign the tire if necessary. So there's a lot of work that we're we're putting in there, especially for ovals, but also for road courses too. Is there a range of tolerance when we're talking about tire pressures on any car? Are you talking about tenths of a pound, uh, a range where you have to be within that parameter uh, versus probably right on that number? But when, when you start to go down a little bit or up a little bit, what are those changes that affect the performance of the tire and the car? So there's definitely drivers that are sensitive to within a quarter pound of a, a PSI. So one pound per square inch um, is a quite a huge change. And in fact, it's one of the easiest things for race engineers to tune on the Indy cars. If they change make a quick tire pressure adjustment, it changes the stiffness for the spring rate, um, how much that tire deflects. It changes the car's handling as well. So if you have an imbalance between your right side pressures and your left side pressures on a road course, it might cause some handling issues. You might want that imbalance if you're pr- primarily tra- turning one direction. So the tire pressures that we see are are really important. If you drop a half PSI below our range, uh, then things not, might not start to behave as they should. Yeah, exactly. What do you find most exciting about being at these racetracks and being a part of the action down there in the pit wall? There are a lot of exciting things about IndyCar. Uh, one of the one of my favorite things is to hear one of the drivers get out of the car and talk about how. He had confidence in the Firestone tires, or he or she had confidence on on what what they felt on track. Um, or to hear somebody say that about something that somebody on my team has done. Well, wow, that Indy, Indianapolis tire this year was really really good to hear that. Um, I every once in a while we have somebody that's a spouse of a driver come up and say, "Hey, thank you for keeping my husband safe on these tires." We worry about a lot of things, but we don't worry about that. So something like that is just really not only gratifying, but helps reinforce the importance of what we do for both me and my team. And we know that the drivers count on that performance. So it makes it easier when we're back in the office to just go that extra mile to make sure we have everything that's in order. Absolutely. I've had hundreds of racers as guests on the show. The most recent I can think of is an Indy racer, Alexander Rossi. And we talked a little bit when he was on the show about tires and the importance and the tolerances of these cars and how small those tolerance levels are in all different parts of the engineering of the car that can make a huge difference. And you saw that with the Indy 500. I mean, they come into the the pits and they do little wing turns and little adjustments and all these little things throughout the race as the car changed in elements and the track changed. And I just, it's amazing to me the technology that goes behind it. Let's go back to tires though. When it comes to, and I know you work primarily in the racing division, But when it comes to street tires, maybe you can talk a little bit for those folks out there when they think about buying a new set of tires. Are there some specific things they should really think about versus just, well, what's the cheapest tire I can find? Yeah, it's really interesting. I've got a lot of friends that will come and ask me, all right, so for my car, what what do I want to look for in a set of tires? And it really depends on what kind of car you have and what you're looking for. Um, you you can get a, a set of tires that's that's relatively cheap, but they might not ride well and they might wear out quickly. There's a lot of um, a lot of performance that you can get even on your passenger car out of uh, the right set of tires. So 
having a fresh set of Firestone or Bridgestone tires is almost like getting a little bit of a new car. You have that new car feeling because everything sounds good. Everything rides good. There's not a lot of noise. There's good handling and there's good comfort on those tires. So that's that's one of the things that we, we look at there. Um, also, rain performance is important. And then there's a lot of things. I'll just point you to a website, tiresafety.com. So that website has a lot of tips of what you should look for when you're going out and buying a new set of passenger car tires. Yeah, it's uh, really important. So tiresafety.com, I'm not familiar with that. So I'll make a note of that and put that on Kara's show notes page so that you listeners can go and find that. You know, I'm one of the, well, I'm a car guy. So probably like most people who are listening to the show, I love putting new tires on my car. I mean, I love the smell. I love the look. I love the feel, but it makes a huge difference. And I mentioned to you in our pre-show chat, my wife's an engineer, and so she drives a SUV, a BMW X5, and in the winter, we put winter tires on her car, and the first time that we did that, she came home after driving, she goes, something's wrong with my car, it's like <laughs> all over the road, and I said, all over the road? She goes, well, it just feels mushy, and yeah, and I said, well, that's, you know, so we looked at the tires, and I kind of said, well, look at all these, you know, sipes cut in this tire, I mean, that's why, so it can grip better. She goes, well, I don't like the way it feels. Put those other tires on. And I go, well, you're going to like it when it gets icy and snowy, that's for sure. Uh, but yeah, it's amazing how even that change uh, can make a difference. And I know my neighbor was picking us up at the airport in our car, and I had the snow tires on it. And he made the comment when he got there. He goes, something's wrong with your car. It just feels really, really mushy, weird. And I said, well, it's got the, still has the snow tires. I need to pull those off and put the all seasons back on. But uh, it's amazing the difference it can make. And and noise, you mentioned that too. I mean, some tires are just noisy and not very fun to to have on your car and others are real quiet and smooth. So definitely uh, tires are very, very important, not just on race cars, but on street cars. So Kara, up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. What's the worst thing for your car's interior? No, it's not that milkshake the kids spilled in the back seat. It's the sun. Harmful UV rays cook your automobile's interior hour after hour when it's parked outside, even on a cloudy day. What's the solution? Covercraft sunscreens. They protect your dash, seats, and interior finishes from those damaging UV rays while keeping the interior temperature tolerable, even on the hottest summer days. No more painfully sizzling seats and steering wheels for you. They unfold quickly and easily install, stay where you put them, and are custom patterned for an exact fit. The foam core acts as a cooling insulator, and you can get yours in different colors and finishes. And they even fold up easily and store under your seat or on the floor. I've used Covercraft sunscreens for years, and they are a fast and easy solution that protect my beloved cars when they're not in the garage. Learn more and order yours at Covercraft.com. Want to protect your entire vehicle? Get a car cover from Covercraft. They have those too. That's Covercraft.com. And tell them Mark sent you. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah. And I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique in personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at carsyeah.com.
Hey, Mark Green here from Cars Yeah. Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah TV show? It's a weekly visit to some of my past Cars Yeah podcast guests, and I take you along for the ride. You go behind the garage door and into their lives, their businesses, and you get to see what makes them successful. With tens of millions of viewers, Cars Yeah TV is making its mark. Cars Yeah TV is available on MAV TV and Lucas Oil Racing TV. You'll find MAV TV on Direct TV. Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through Lucas Oil Racing Television online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. All right, Kara, I have a very introspective question for you. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle parked in the garage, actually manifested into a car, not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself as a vehicle, what would Kara be and why? Oh, I think I would probably be pretty close to my current daily driver. And the reason I, I say that, so I drive a 2007 uh, RS4, and it is a very unassuming car. You look at it, and it's clean. It's The, the bodywork is clean. It looks like a, I mean, your average sedan. It looks like your average A4. But looking at that car, it can handle whatever's thrown at it. It's got a ton of grunty V8 horsepower and really smooth handling. When you have all the traction nannies on, it's very mild-mannered. But when it's unleashed, least it's a formidable car. So I think <laughs> if I'm a car, it's going to be probably something similar to my daily driver. Pretty pretty yeah. unassuming when you see it at first, um, but there's a lot more to it. Oh, yeah. Those are great cars. I love those things. Well, we're up to the last lap. This is a place you've been at since you've been on the pit wall at all these IndyCar races. Uh, the white flag is out. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? I kind of have a feeling I know what this might be. Oh, the, the best I've ever heard is label all of your belts and hoses when you take them off. <laughs> oh, so I'm different. Worst- I thought for sure we'd be talking about <laughs> tires here, but you know, that's a good idea. Yes. The worst <laughs> I've ever heard is installation is the reverse of removal. Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I know I got into the habit back in the day of little baggies and writing things. Yeah. And now that you ha- we have these phones taking videos of stuff of what it looks like, because, you know, it, at least for me, it doesn't take long when you're not someone who works on a car all the time to forget, wait, where did this go? Yes. How, taking how did that- pictures, labeling, yeah. Ziploc bags, yeah. everything. You will thank all of us later, I promise you. Would you, <laughs> share, would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? Tenacity. Clearly, just the ability to follow a project, go get it, do whatever anything needs to be done. That's how I got the job I'm in now, just being tenacious. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good trait for many of the folks that have been here on the show. How about a resource? There are lots of great resources out there these days. You mentioned tiresafety.com. That's a great one to start with, but is there another one you might recommend? Um, I think tiresafety.com is great because it's got anything from how to pick out your tires, how to maintain your tires, safe driving habits, even how tires are made. There's a lot of great stuff on that website, so I would recommend that one. Okay. Now, how about uh, Firestone, Bridgestone? Uh, are there some great resources there on those websites? The yeah, firestonetire.com and bridgestonetire.com are also great resources. Great. I want to make sure I throw those guys yes. a shout out here, most definitely. Uh, I, I think they do sign your checks. Last yeah. I checked, I'm pretty sure. So there you go. Yeah, absolutely. Two great tire companies that have been around forever, actually. And I encourage people, go back and learn about the history of Firestone. It's a fascinating history with how that company all started and Henry Ford and all that cool stuff. So now if I could arrange for you to sit down and have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive or racing industry, living or deceased, who would it be? Well, I think you just gave away your answer there. So uh-huh. I would love to sit in a 
Firestone, Ford, Edison, they used to have these camping trips and they used to sit around in the tire and, talk, and sit around the fire and talk about yeah. ideas. So I would love to just sit around the fire with Harvey Firestone, Henry Ford, and Thomas Edison and just be part of those really innovative, groundbreaking discussions that they had. Can you imagine, oh my gosh, if if back in the day somebody could have recorded that? Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I can't even imagine. I mean, icons, legends, powerhouses in their industries. And to go, I love the fact too, they went camping yes, and, yes. and sat around the fire and just chatted. You know, it's a good lesson, I think, for a lot of people. We get so caught up and busy in life. Sometimes it's good to just get away, do a little retreat. You see, that's why companies do that sometimes. Get out of the element and yeah. it just opens your mind for all sorts of innovative thinking. So, wow, that's a very cool answer to that question. I like that. Now, uh, how about a book? Is there a book you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy reading as well? Well, there's a book that I read that left me in tears. So I'm just going to put the little caveat out there. If you're emotional, don't read it in public. (laughs) But it's actually coming out as a movie too. But please, before you go see the movie, read Garth Stein's Art of Racing in the Rain. It is just for anybody who is a, a dog lover, animal lover, and loves racing, it is just a phenomenal book. My mom gave me the book a very long time ago, whenever it first came out, and she gave me a warning. Yeah. She's like, ah, it might make you cry. Yeah, it was in the first <laughs> chapter. I was like, it's not the first chapter. It's not going to make me cry. So I was reading it yeah. on an airplane, and I had to close it and put it away because it's, like, uh, it's just a really, really great book. Yeah, I'll tell you, uh, that is the most recommended book here on Cars, yeah, after really? 1334. Yeah, and I had Garstein as a guest. You can go back and listen to him talk about how that book was developed, what it meant to him. And at the time I had him on the show, he lives up here in the Northwest. I met him at a car event. The movie concept was still a concept, and he talked to a lot of people. It never came to fruition, but it finally is. I believe August 9th, that film is debuting. I was listening to the audio version. I read the book a couple times, and I was listening to it working in the yard. And I got to the sad part, and I have to admit, I was a little emotional, and my neighbor just happened to be walking by. and (laughs) She comes up, she goes, are you okay? What's wrong? And I'm not going to say what's wrong because I'll give away the yeah, book, exactly. but uh, but you know what I would have said. But I said, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm listening to a book. And she started kind of laughing. She goes, oh, that's sweet. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it'll, it's a tearjerker. It's a great book and uh, looking forward to the movie for sure. Well, you can find all these great resources Kara's been so kind to share on her very own Cars Yeah show notes page. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Kara Adams, and that page will pop right up. All right, Kara, we're up to the checkered flag. This is something else you've seen many times at your days at the track. And this last question could be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you a very cool collector car. Anything you want, doesn't matter who owns it or where it is, I'm going to park it in your garage. But there's a couple rules to this little game that make it a bit of a challenge. It has to be driven. No garage queens allowed here. I want you to get out and enjoy it. The other is you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with. And lastly, it's the only one cool collector car you can park in your garage. So you need to be very careful when you choose this one. Oh, that's this is really a difficult question because there's a lot of cars that I could think of. Um, I, I'd be tempted to say something like an FJ40, one of the older um, the Toyota FJs, but oh, yeah. that's going to take up a lot of room. So I don't know if I want that much room taken <laughs> up by one car. I really, really, really like the 1971 Hemi Cuda. And I'm going to be really specific and say sassy grass green. I do really like Plum Crazy. But I really like the the Barracuda. Um, I have no idea what I have, why I have such a strong attraction to that car, but I really, really like it. Um, There are some great 
suspension kits that are available for that car that you can make it handle like a dream too. So I think I'm going to go with a 1971 Plymouth Barracuda Cuda. Oh, yeah. Now, do you want a, a hard top or do you want a, a convertible? Oh, geez. I, this, that's a really tough question too. I think I, I think it would go with hard top just so, for that torsional stiffness of the car. Yeah, well, I think so. You being an engineer, I can understand yeah. <laughs> that. Oh, man. Well, that's a very cool car. Uh, definitely. I love that color, too. I mean, there were some great colors uh, back in the 70s oh, of it. cars. Uh, a lot of different brands. Porsche had really cool colors. Uh, Ford, uh, uh, in this case, the Hemi was really neat. Uh, Chevrolet. I mean, there were some great colors back in the 70s. I think that was awesome. All right. Well, I'll get to work on that. I happen to know some people that kind of play in that world, so I think <laughs> I can find you one of those. Right. Not too bad. Have a little fun delivering that car to you. Well, Carrie, you've taken me on a great ride today and a safe ride. I knew we'd have some fun here uh, being an engineer who's into tire uh, development and engineering. So I'm happy that we were in safe ground, safe territory. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yow listeners. Could you offer us a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the sunset? in that 71 Hemi Cuda. <laughs> sure, Mark. I think my biggest piece of advice is to understand your dreams. Think about what you really want to do in life, what car you want to have, what do you want to do with your career, what do you want to do with your life, and don't take no for an answer. Keep learning, keep improving yourself, and keep improving your cars as well. Very well said. What's the best way for people to follow along with your world and the world of Bridgestone and Firestone? Sure. I'm going to say Twitter and Instagram at Firestone Racing and FirestoneTire.com are great resources to follow Firestone and all of our racing adventures. And I'm at Kara underscore Adams, you to find on Twitter as well. There we go. Awesome. Great. I'll make sure I put those links on Kara's show notes page. Follow along with what this very brilliant lady is up to. Uh, follow along with racing, of course. And uh, next time you look at your car, make sure your tire pressures are set accurately. Very, very important. Kara, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for phoning in. It's been great fun talking with you. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. All right. Thanks so much, Mark. You're welcome. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.